Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, you know, our number one visit at Open to Hope is adults losing parents, which is kind of uh, a tough one because we found that there's not a lot of support on the internet for that. There just doesn't seem to be specifically that kind of support, particularly for people who've lost an adult parent. So we're going to talk about life after without a parent. Heidi, and we've got a great guest. Do you want to introduce her? I'd love to. And this this uh, topic is near and dear to my heart because my own father died two and a half years ago. And like you said, mom, there's a lot of organizations for children and that have lost parents and for siblings and for you know people that have lost kids. But this area, I don't know of any real organizations around death of a parent as an adult. And we are going to be talking to someone who not only walks the walk, but she talks the talk and has had this experience. And her name is Carla Noland. She is the founder and CEO of Reveal, Heal, Thrive. And she is an open to hope writer and the author of the award-winning book, The Day My Heart Turned Blue, Healing After the Death of My Mother, which also includes a bereavement companion journal. Welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here and to take part. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your mom. My mother was a beautiful spirit. She was a mother, grandmother, aunt, friend, best friend to all. She has never met a stranger. I would be so embarrassed when I was younger because she would stop and talk to everyone, share insights, share stories, pour into their spirit, encourage them. And then I find myself now doing the same with people that I meet. <laughs> And she loved to cook. She was from Trinidad and Tobago. So she loved to cook. She was a retired dietitian. So she grew, she can grow anything. She would eat something, throw the seeds in her backyard. Before you know it, she has a papaya tree and she has all these herbs and vegetables and fruits. And she grew a lot of, um, a lot of vegetables from her home country, uh, Trinidad, like I said. So she loved to cook uh, and she loved to share her cooking with others. Like it was disrespectful if you didn't eat second and third of her food <laughs> and so food was a way that we gathered we talked we shared uh food was the cure for everything right happy sad indifferent we're eating and sitting down and eating a good a good meal so I definitely miss her I miss her cooking and she was a woman of faith she would um pray her, like her earnest prayers for people that I found in her journals is what moved what moved me what's her name Yes, Utris James is uh, my mom's name. Utris James. Utris James. Well, yeah, how absolutely. did Utris uh, die? From primary CNS or central nervous system melanoma. It is oh, a wow. very rare cancer and it's melanoma. Normally think of skin cancer on the outside of her skin, but yeah. it was a melanoma that grew on her spine. Oh, and wow. and I, I mean, as soon as it was diagnosed, I'm Googling and the outlook isn't isn't good. It's very rare and it goes quickly. And so this was time when you want the facts to be, uh, you know, that was 
that was this group of people that had it. That's not going to happen to my mom, but sure enough, mm-hmm. yeah, within 12 weeks left or less than her diagnosis, oh my God. she passed away. I found a collection of journals, and so I just gathered them, and um, she, my mom lived in Houston. I'm in Durham, North Carolina, so I was going back and forth, and I told my family who's there in Houston, please, well, y'all are cleaning stuff up and finishing things for me. If you find any of her journals or writings, keep them for me. Next time I am come, I'm going to just collect collect them all. I settled the estate. Let me start to put these journals in order, in chronological order, so I can read my mom's story. Um. I read her journals as a story. And that's when I learned so much about her. As children, we think of our parents as just our parents, but they had mm-hmm. lives before they were parents, right? Yeah. They had yeah. lives before a parent. They're more than just our parents. And so that's when I learned just the complexity of her life and how um, also generational trauma, how that um, mm-hmm. spun and was a part of my life as well and how we mirrored each other in certain aspects of our lives. At at that time, um, I feel different now, but at that time, I was in shock, right? Yeah. I was in shock. This is the closest family member that has passed for me. So this was all a shock to me. I didn't know anything about the funeral process, being executor of the estate. I didn't know any any of that, right? I'm in shock. And also my family is from another another country, right? So they have different culture and customs. So it wasn't like I can just um, ask them, well, how do I do this? They don't know, right? right. Um, right. A different culture. And so, and also I'm in a different state. It's a different state when it comes, different rules for different states yeah. when it comes to estate planning and what happens when your loved one passes away. So it was like a moment where I need to honor her and her wishes according to her will. But I also was, I know I needed to grieve, but I couldn't even afford to grieve because there were so many things that had to go into play. So my grief had to pause so I can just fulfill what she wanted, you know, what she wanted me to do when she passed away. And I learned so much. We as adults are just not prepared to have an adult parent die. And there is so it's a surprise. It is. a, And it's also too, it'd be different if my parents were still married, because then all of this will fall on my father and then I can mm-hmm. just grieve. Right. And I can just support him wherever he needed to be supported. But my parents were divorced. So it was just it was just my mom right? She wasn't dating anybody or anything like that. So it was just my mom. So I had my, my aunt and uncle, they moved from Trinidad, Trinidad to, um, to Houston to be closer to, uh, to my mom. And so they were helping, but again, they're not from here. So a lot of this in terms of the, the, the financial stuff, the back end stuff with the court, that was all on me. I had to pick up the phone and be like, okay, I need to close my mother's account or my mother still has an outstanding mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then, and what's crazy is when you call these corporations, businesses, banks, they have to place me on hold or they have to get someone to figure out how to even close their accounts and do all of this because this is not an everyday transaction for them. And then I have to repeat over and over. My mother has died. My mother has died. My yeah. mother has died. And every time I repeat that, I'm saying it out loud and I'm saying it out loud. It's real now. Right. Well, you're making a good point. Whenever we give voice to it, it almost is like we're telling ourselves all over again like my father and my brother have died. I mean, I remember when my brother died, I just, for years, it was weird to say it. I'm like, Scott died. He really died. He's dead. I mean, but like, there's something about saying it to other people that makes it more real for us and also very emotional. Absolutely. When you asked me, um, uh, Dr. Gloria, 
what was your mother's name? It's hard for me to say was. My mother's mm-hmm. name was. No, my mother's name is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I still want to say is. I don't want to yeah. say was. And also, too, like even the active listening of the person, of the customer service rep on the phone, that even got me upset because when, when I was calling to close out her cell phone account, um, the agent on the phone said, well, I can't close this out without your mother's permission. Wait a minute. My mother has died. Okay. Did you not hear me? My mother has died. You know what I mean? Like, I don't uh, even think it resonated with them because they're so used to doing just the regular old transactions when you, when active listening is so important. Well, Carla, that's the other thing about losing a parent as an adult. Mm -hmm. We've never known our lives without our parents in them. Yep. Like we, it's like, who are we now? Mm-hmm. your mom and my dad are no longer here who are we I mean it's, mm-hmm. they've always been there right right absolutely and the pandemic allowed me to take all that anger take all that frustration and I was like whoa I will spiral again into another depression if I don't address this because like you said it's you start to question okay who am I am I what am I doing because a lot of times the things that we're doing is to seek validation from our parents well I don't have to seek validation from my parents anymore I can do whatever I want to do but I have to answer (laughs) that question who am I there's a little piece that doesn't get talked about often but Mm -hmm. I remember when my mother died I did have a little piece that said okay you're you're on your own you Mm -hmm. can do something there's a little tiny piece of you in the grief that that says, wow, I don't have to answer to anybody anymore. Why? The buck now stops with you, right? There's freedom in it. Yeah, there's freedom in it. There's there's freedom freedom in in it. it, And people don't talk about that. There is a certain amount of freedom in there. All the loss, but also now now it's kind of me. But I wanted to ask you, I know you do a lot of helping people that have Mm -hmm. had losses. And what do you recommend to people? I had an event last December on navigating grief through the holidays. We don't talk about holidays. Holidays are tough when you have your first holiday without your loved one. And so I talked about my journey. I talked about the book, but I also had um, a Duke Bereavement uh, Center there because I wanted a clinical therapist there to be able to give resources to the community to understand from a clinical uh, standpoint of grief, what it means, the different types of grief. We don't even talk about anticipatory grief, right? When you know your loved one is dying. So I always say for my... um, Um, from my experience with grief is that we have to give space for it. It's not something we can busy away. We can get over, okay, my mom passed away three years ago. I should be good now. No, grief is something that we're going to live through for the rest of our lives because it is a reminder that love never dies. That love that I have for my mother is always going to be with me. That is an energy that is not going to go away. But grieving her is giving honor to her life, giving honor to her story. And it's so important for me to create space for that. So if I need to cry, I cry. If I need to uh, scream, I scream. If I need to laugh, like we just said earlier coming on here, we're going to have a little fun today. (laughs) And like you said, only people that are grieving can understand that because there are going to be times 
times when we laugh, when we cry, when we have those memories. And then also that comes up that we don't talk about is when there's things happening in our lives now and you're like, oh, I wish she was here to see this mm -hmm. or I wish she was here to see her grandkids do this or to do that. You know, those are the parts that um, I miss. So we have to give honor and space to um, our grief and those emotions. And they're also our historians. Yes. Yeah. You know, do you remember when this happened? Who was that? Asking my mother parenting questions now. Because mm -hmm. now I have children, mm -hmm. you know, and if I need to, if I don't know what I'm doing or et cetera, or I need advice, I call her. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Carla, I wanted to ask you do you ever run across people who didn't have the kind of relationship with their mother that you do? I am a big component of, of um, mental health and seeking therapy. So if there's unresolved anger there, it's so important to um, seek professional help from a therapist or a counselor because our parents have their own set of survival tools that they uh, grew up with and they pass mm -hmm. that on to us, but that doesn't necessarily mean those tools are helping us in the life that we live today, right? My, my parents were immigrants to this country. They had to do what they had to do to survive, but that is not the state of, of being that I am in right now. And there's so much generational trauma that gets passed on to generation, generation, and we don't even understand it. And when we get to the point where we can show empathy to ourselves and show our own selves forgiveness, then we open the door to allow to forgive our parents as well. You know, we hold them to such this high standard, but they can only do with the tools that they were able to do, right? If they were able to do their best. And we don't understand that until we become parents ourselves. So if it's you're holding- so true. Yeah, so if you're holding- And when we become that, parents, we really we really get what our We're like, oh, now I see why- yeah, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm a big component of therapy when there's unresolved anger, unresolved trauma that's there and just opening the door for you to be a self-aware. That's the first key of any transformation. I had to address where all the anger was coming from within me, with all the pain was coming from. And that was through therapy. Talk about your book a little bit, The Day My Heart Turned Blue, and about your uh, bereavement companion journals. Yes, yes. So when I found a collection of my mother's journals, I was like, this is powerful. This is so good that I wanted to share my mother's uh, parts of her uh, her journals to the world and the impact of what prayer and faith was in her life. But I also wanted to share my healing journey about when I found the journals, when I started reading them, what therapy looked like for me, what that grief process looked like, what the executress process looks like when you're in charge of a, st a state um and because of what I went through with my mother I now have a trust <laughs> my husband I was like no we don't want our kids to go through this we now have a trust a family trust that if we were to die my kids don't have to go through court right everything's set in in place. So the book just goes through that whole entire journey from my healing, from me wanting to become a certified coach to help others. And because my mother journaled and because I journaled, I, and I didn't even know she journaled, I thought she was just writing sermon notes from when she was going to church. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want others to also have a journal where they can see where they are now in their grief and then start and the, the journal's not blank pages they're journal prompts it takes you through um how you're feeling to 
feeling today? What support do you need, right? There's resources in the back of the journal. That way you can look back and see your healing journey as well, right? But we really have to take the time to just, again, give space to grief. So that's what the book and the companion journal is all about. And I tell people, I like to write, but if you like to draw, if you like to paint, if you like to use your words and speak, do that. But whatever you need to do to get all those emotions out and put it out there, right? So you so the healing can begin. Fabulous. Carla, where do people find you? Mm-hmm. You can find me at revealhealthrive.com because I truly believe that we can't heal until we reveal all those emotions, anything that's holding us back, and then we can begin to thrive in life. And the book and companion journal can be found on my website, revealhealthrive.com or anywhere worldwide where books are sold. And you can find Carl some of her writings on Open to Hope. She's one of our Open to Hope writers. And thank you so much for being on the show today. You're a delight. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carla. It is obvious that you have not only survived, but you have thrived. And I know that your mom is your guiding light. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.